Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Spin What's up, y'all? Jonathan Rollins. Give me Sarah. Two Americans living in Sweden talking about football. Mm-hmm. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. The weather's good. Yeah, man. I had a legendary weekend. Really? Of just like one of those weekends where it was just like one day after the next was just we went to a backyard barbecue on Friday. Okay. Over did a you make house. your sauce yet? I did, and that was the okay. debut of right. the sauce. I made the sauce on like what Wednesday or Thursday. Um good people, good booze, sauce came out. Uh, it was the hit of the party. Of course. It was like, we did it up like we were in our 20s. We stayed out till like two, almost three o'clock in the morning. Does that time exist anymore? Taking a cab home <laughs> at 2.30. And at this time of year, you know, the sun is still kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, starting to come up around that time. Yeah. It was like, shit, man, I haven't done this since I was like 20 years ago. How was the next day? Pretty good because, uh, well, I probably, st- I think I started drinking a little early. Uh, the next day, and we had chicken wings, whipped out the homemade barbecue sauce again, uh, and homemade blue cheese dressing. Damn, bro, shit was banging. Uh, and then we watched the Champions League final. My son is kind of a big Chelsea, okay, okay, fan. Uh, I don't really care about Chelsea, but I I, I was stoked to see him. So did Chelsea win? I I take it, yeah, they won. Uh, so I was glad that he was happy because I mean. Shit, you know, as his father, I've saddled this poor kid, you know, inheriting a fandom <laughs> of the, the Falcons, Falcons. <laughs> you know, rooting for this team. It's not even a choice. Like, he's just born into it. So I'm just glad that the one team that he's chosen to root for, you know, did well. So that was kind of cool. And then Sunday was Mother's Day. Yeah. Which... Uh, shout out to the mom listeners out there. Yeah, shout out to the moms. We had, like, kind of a deluxe waffle breakfast kind of thing. Oh, Right? Yeah, the nice. weather was killer. Went for a walk. We played a little coob. Had some ice cream. Nice. Was, we we, play, uh, we uh we did uh the kids. Uh, they're finally old enough to kind of make breakfast. I saw their picture. That was very cute. They tried. <laughs> to, they made her breakfast in bed. Yeah. Yeah. They made her breakfast in bed, and then later we played a uh, bowl. Oh, nice. Or we had a, a bocce set, so we yeah. basically played bowl on the on the bowl. Uh, we have one of those outside uh-huh. uh, of our in our courtyard, so we have a little bowl field, and we played. Basically, bocce. Nice. So that was nice, man. Yeah, we finished off our Sunday night by watching the uh, watching the Hawks just murder the Knicks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we were texting about. Yeah. We uh, <laughs> we sat down and we watched that game, and it was uh, it was great to see Spike Lee kind of, you know, more or less put down in his chair for for the majority of the game. Whenever I think of Spike Lee, <laughs> there's a Def Comedy Jam episode where Martin Lawrence, well, Spike Lee's in the audience, and Martin Lawrence starts kind of roasting him. <clears throat> oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. And he's like, I'll never be in a movie again, uh, in a Spike Lee movie. <laughs> and he walks up, he's like, fuck you, Martin. And he walks off like Spike Lee, and it's perfect. <laughs> I love Martin Lawrence, man. Uh, it's funny. 
uh, t- today's episode, we're going to talk yeah. about more than barbecue and basketball. We're going to also deep dive into the NFC East coaching staffs. Mm. Uh, this was an undertaking I was not, uh, I didn't realize it was going to be as tough as it was. Okay, interesting. Like, find, I mean, it's probably done on purpose by these teams because you don't want to give too much information out. Right. But like, trying to figure out what kind of offense they run and stuff like that. Mm. So, uh, be prepared, man. I got some information. Just ask uh, Bill Belichick. He's probably got tape <laughs> on all of them. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we'll dig into that. But I'm sure you got some news stuff for us, sir. Yeah, I, I was going to start off with the Falcons. Uh, well, oh, okay, so we're recording this on June 2nd, which is mm-hmm. kind of officially the day uh, where it becomes possible for a Julio Jones trade to happen. Okay, right? Because after June 1st, that's when the the cap money kicks in. This is when they can trade him without having to assume any of his salary on their cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, the aftermath of the Shannon Sharp phone call uh, yes. has been kind of fascinating. Uh, the Falcons apparently are extremely pissed off at Fox Sports. Um, as well as, as Juli- you predicted. As well as Julio's agent. All of the signs are pointing to He's done, man. the fact that, well, not only that, but all the signs are pointing to the fact that Julio had no idea that he was live oh, okay. on television. Was Which, he live? Yeah, it was live. It was live. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. And I the, thought it was taped. And the, the one of the reasons why I believe that before any of this stuff started to be reported, if you follow the Falcons at all, one of the things that Julio is most known for is saying absolutely nothing yeah, like he yeah, doesn't do quiet. he doesn't do a lot of interviews yeah uh if you go onto his instagram page he doesn't even have a lot of shit on his instagram page like this guy when you hear falcons reporters talk about him they say julio essentially uh he we watch him play football and then when the season's over he just disappears and then every once in a while you'll see a picture of him like he's he he apparently likes to fish. He goes like deep sea fishing. Yeah, he's a country boy. Yeah, he goes out and he goes fishing. Uh nobody hears from him for like months and then he just shows up at training camp ready to work. So th- this is not a guy who who makes a lot of noise mm-hmm. uh or is seeking a lot of attention. So it seemed extremely out of character for him to go and speak out like that on live mm. On a, on a live program. And that woman tried to say, hey, remind exactly. him. Yeah. Uh, there could be consequences uh, for this, uh, but I'm not entirely sure. I, it depends on what the Falcons want to do. I mean, they could... I mean, there are, there are kind of rules, journalistic rules... Oh, okay, okay. Uh, ...that govern the different states. They, they look different... petty as hell trying to pursue something. They like will that. look putty, petty as hell. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on their website right now, atlantafalcons.com. Yep. And they, <laughs> there's no mention of any of this Julio Jones drama at uh, all. Well, if you go to any of these... Uh, th- the thing that's... I've been listening to a lot of Falcons podcasts over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I yeah. Ju- just started recently. Yeah. And because of this Julio stuff, I mean, these guys, these poor fucking guys, I feel like I need to send them like a <laughs> like a basket of something. A, a care package. They, they, it sounds... A lot of them are really just like on the ledge. Like, they sound so depressed. And is it so, that bad, though? Like, is it that bad if you lose this guy and you get a, a haul in return of assets. Well, I think the problem is is that we're probably not going to get a haul in return. Like, and okay. and if you think about because we already kind of shot ourselves in the foot a few years ago, and may, I think this will actually have a negative effect on this trade. Is that we somehow suckered Bill Belichick into taking Mohamed Sanu for a second round pick, and that oh, yeah. was a complete flop. Okay, right. Uh, 
The Falcons are claiming that someone is offering them a first-round pick, but nobody in the media seems to believe them. Yeah, they're uh, probably trying to. Uh, because they were compla- the, their yeah. biggest complaint about this Fox thing with Shannon Sharp was that oh. was that that this interview was going to like sort of damage their ability to get a good return. That's a good for point. Julio. But it, the rumor that I heard this morning is actually that it could be true that they are being offered a first round pick, but it's probably like a future first round pick. Well, that's good. I you mean, know? I mean like 23, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Nobody really knows. Take what you can um, get, man. And get this contract off the books. You're still over the cap. Like, I don't know. He doesn't want to be there. <laughs> That's what you learned from the phone call. Yeah. It's kind of fascinating. They claim that they have a first-round pick offered, uh, but apparently teams, uh, the rumors are that the teams that are sort of reaching out, inquiring about Julio, um, are complaining that the Falcons' expectations are, quote, outlandish, which Mm. I don't quite understand how these two things could be true at the same time. Like, oh, someone's offering us a first-round pick, but everybody else is. That's what makes me think it may be kind of a future first-rounder. Or maybe okay. a conditional first rounder. Or okay, something. I don't know. So they want they want people to to offer more. Basically, they're saying, "All right, hey man, it's out there. Offer us more." Mm. Maybe yeah. that's what it is. Um, wow. I don't know. I, it kind of sucks too because then they also the other story that came out this week is that the twenty twenty two salary cap is going up to like over two hundred million, and it's like I feel like. If we hadn't had this pandemic year, maybe we wouldn't even be having this problem. Mm, uh, which kind of good sucks. point. I think that um, this just this just certifies that the pandemic was horrible. Mm. <laughs> I think what well, I take. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to to sort of further explain like why it's such a big deal in Falcon Land is uh. because I think most of us Falcon fans have, you know, we have mediocrity in our blood. Right. So we've traditionally been, you know, not a great team. Uh, And every once in a while, a player of this caliber comes along and we pour all of our hopes into that player. Right. Before it was Michael Vick. Before him, it was Deion Sanders. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Now it's Julio Jones. He's that one guy that we pour all of our hopes into. That one guy who, when the season starts, you know, it's almost like I actually kind of for me, like when I play, I don't play Madden very often, so I'm not very good at it. But when I do play it, I always pick the Falcons to play against my son uh, because I'm like, well, fuck it. If you know, if I get in trouble, I'll just toss it up to Julio. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of how Falcons feel about Julio. And now with him gone, um, you, you know, I think they feel sort of lost at sea, so to speak, because I think I don't think a lot of people believe in Matt Ryan. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people are are happy about the rest of our receiver core, but we all kind of feel like it's not Julio. Uh, yeah. But we'll see. I don't know. Uh, you uh, gotta you gotta cut the cord at some point, and now it seems like the time. And take what you can get, and then move on, man. You start winning, then you know. I mean, it's a new coach too. You gotta. It's it's time, man. It's time yeah. to rip that bandaid off. Yeah. Uh, speaking of former Falcons. Um, <laughs> Todd Gurley is visiting the Lions. That's an interesting story. Uh, I thought oh, that, he's trying to get some of that kneecap. I just thought it, I thought it was kind of funny. I, I thought that like the Lions getting the Rams washed up quarterback wasn't enough, and now they want to get a <laughs> <laughs> washed up running back. Uh, Todd Gurley was an absolute bust in Atlanta. I don't know if it was his fault or whatever, but yeah. whatever. Uh, 
I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. It doesn't seem like a great. Uh, I think Detroit should stay away from that, man. Don't sign any veterans and all that. They should lean on uh, my boy DeAndre Swift. He's also former Georgia running back. I think I think they should they should try to grow him into their number one running back. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess it can't hurt to have a veteran presence, but I don't know, man. Really, they should just go young. Just go young, man. Yeah. Uh, Fuck it. Just try to try to find the uh, needles in haystacks, and you know. Yeah, uh, the Texans continue mm-hmm. to be the used car lot of the New England Patriots, signing uh, running back Rex Burkhead. <laughs> uh, I never liked that dude, man. But I think his name. I hate his name. Is that is his name? It almost sounds like a like sort of that douchey high school character in an eighties movie. <laughs> uh oh, here's Rex Burkhead. Oh man, don't <laughs> fuck with Rex Burkhead. Rex is gonna give you a wedgie, man. You don't want a Rex wedgie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't. It just seems weird. Like, why would anybody want to go to the Texans right now? I'm not sure. Um, one of my favorite stories this week was the. I, I really, really hope this happens. They haven't. They're still undecided, but the NFL is contemplating this two helmet or, or multi. You know, having more than one helmet, which kind of opens the door for the retro uniforms to come back. Oh, okay, okay, right. So currently, they have this one helmet rule, so they can't really. Yeah. You have to wear the same helmet all year unless something gets damaged to it. Um, hmm, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's weird. Um, but it got me sort of thinking about the retro uniforms. Oh, you love it. And who I'm curious, like, what would be, what's the one retro uniform you want to see back in the NFL that's hmm. not your team? Right, right, right. Because obviously, I mean, uh, what, there aren't that, there's not that big of a difference in your. Our greens changed. That's true. The Dolphins greens. And the Dolphin, the retro Dolphin helmet, the Dolphin's wearing a helmet, right? Isn't he wearing a helmet? Yeah, he's wearing a helmet on it. And and the green is different. And then they have the, I'm thinking of the whole uniform. Yeah. But yeah, the the Patriots got a cool helmet, man. Mm -hmm. With the guy. Yeah. In the three-point stance. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's a good one. Uh, Green Bay comes to mind just because it's silly. Yeah. Um. And the Rams, man. Yeah. That was the best helmet ever when I was a kid. Yeah. The Rams yeah. and Cincinnati, but they kept their helmet pretty much right. Well, the Bengals do have their old orange helmet that just literally says Bengals. Uh, oh, in like kind of cursive almost, right? No, it's just sort of block letters. Oh, really? Just, oh, like kind of bent over. Oh, uh, is it the Broncos that have the... The Broncos have the, the old D with the, the horse yeah. inside? Yeah, that was, that was, a, cool that was a good one. Yeah, yeah, that would that would be cool if they do a retro helmet. They should definitely do that. It, as much as I hate the Bucks, I love their old creamsicle helmet. Yeah, they have the Buck. It's almost like the Patriot one. I love it. I, I the love the guy that. with the straw in his mouth or yeah. whatever. <laughs> and also, I think it would be really cool if the if the Titans brought back that old Oilers helmet. Yeah, but that was the, a cool yeah. one. But they're they're Titans. They, that wouldn't they make should sense. Change their logo. That wouldn't make sense to do that. But um, mm, I don't know. I just think it'd be cool okay. to get a little retro vibe. Back. Yeah, man, why not? Mm. And then the, the the thing they probably that probably keeps them from doing it is they can't really. Uh, it's not going to be a merch thing. You're not going to sit there and watch a game with a helmet on. <laughs> no, but they'd be able to sell plenty of like hats. And oh, like shit. maybe the mini helmets. Well, that, but also oh, for like the logo. I mean, the logo. You get the you know you get the caps. You get the t-shirts. I got a friend who wears whatever jersey the team is, so they wait to figure out which. Uh, which uh, jersey the team's gonna wear, 
And then he only wears his whole family. They only wear a jersey of a player who's activated that mm-hmm. day. Okay. So I've been there. So they're holding out on the Tim Tebow jersey. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but they live in uh, in Virginia Beach. So if I'm there hanging out with them, they're like, "Ah, oh, shit, um, Roethlisberger's hurt. And that's the only black jersey I have. And they're uh-huh. wearing black. So I got to go run to the store and get a fucking oh, wow. active player jersey for the shit. game today. Okay. That's like their, that's intense. their things. Yeah, it is intense. Uh, Jay-Z is looking to buy part of the Washington football team, apparently. Fuck that dude. Um, I feel like... No wonder. That's probably why he did that whole... If he hasn't like ruined his reputation yeah. enough by how he kind of came in and helped them to whitewash the whole... Yeah, Kaepernick Kaepernick shit. situation. Now he wants to team up with the douchiest owner in the league. Come uh, on, Jigga. What the fuck? You know what I mean? I, I'm not down with that. Me neither, man. Um, <sighs> apparently there's a bit of a family feud within the uh, family that owns the uh, Chicago Bears. The Bears. The Bears. Chicago? Uh, Are you talking about Chicago? There's like a really old lady who's like kind of you know the main owner of the team and then the rest of the family has mm-hmm. ownership of the team as well or have shares in the team uh and a lot of i guess some of them are hoping to sort of inherit and keep the team in the family mm-hmm. and some of them are just hoping or just waiting for her to die so they can sell the team off and and make money oh, apparently okay um either way uh the bears could be for sale i'm thinking uh, i bet the, i bet this worth a lot of money man I, it has to be worth a lot of money because even though they're not good, they're one of the most yes. sort of popular franchises. Like Bears and Bulls. I don't you know, know where they rank on the list of. I mean, I know the Cowboys are definitely the the most valuable franchise. George which, Hallis, how is it Hallis? I've noted, I've seen the name a million times. George Hallis, Hallis yeah. paid a hundred dollars for the Chicago Bears franchise in nineteen twenty. <laughs> And now they're worth $3.53 billion. Wow. It's like Bitcoin. Shit. <laughs> it's like they have just gone Bitcoin, even crazier than Bitcoin. Wow. A hundred bucks, man. And um, and I was going to say, Hollis, when you said the family, I was guessing that this woman is a part of the family. Or is it? Uh, it it's called the McCaskey McCaskey. Family. Virginia McCaskey. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Hollis must have sold it to them. Oh, her parents, their parents are George Hollis. And Minnie Hallis. Oh, well, there you go. She's 98 years old. And Virginia's holding on. Mm-hmm. What? Well, COVID ain't going to get me. No, hell no. <laughs> uh, I'm staying I'm rooting for the bears. The bears. I mean, it. <laughs> An old bear. The bears. <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> it made me kind of wonder, like, if you could buy... If you could buy any football team, if you could buy any NFL team, which which team would it be? If it wasn't the Dolphins, I would probably buy the Cowboys just to get Jerry Jones out of the league. Mm. That's one. Maybe, uh, but I yeah, I'd go NFC. It might be the Bears. Yeah, that's my dad's favorite team. Like I grew up rooting for the Bears until I became a Dolphins fan. That's cool. I like that. Uh. Or maybe like to, or maybe try to get some of the toxicity out of the league. So, either get Jerry Jones out, or get the maybe the Washington Football Team. Maybe Jay Z's onto something. Oh, but he's gonna get a piece. You know, you if I could buy it straight up, you no, think he's, he's gonna change Dan Snyder, Jay Z? No, I'm saying I would buy it from the, like if, you, if you're talking about buying, I mean I fully mm. own that shit. Right. Or do you mean to get a piece like how? No, I mean like it's, this is your team. 
if it's my team, yeah. maybe take over Chocolate City. Yeah. Uh, or do Chicago because you know it's going to always increase in value. Yeah. Or Dallas to get Jerry Jones out. <laughs> That's my three. And I want to stay NFC mm. so that my team is not going against the Dolphins too much. Yeah. <laughs> if I can't have them. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. What about you? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm at this LA point. I'm, might be good, or Vegas. It, is that's good. actually what I was going to say. At this point, I'm interested. If I had enough money to buy an NFL franchise, uh, I would. At this point, I kind of am more interested in where it's located. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, I don't want to be in Chicago. I'm tired of. Uh, I don't know. Right now, the weather's good in Stockholm. Um, but if I'm going to relocate again. I'm thinking it's probably my last relocation. Yeah. I want it to be somewhere okay. nice. Good point. I didn't think you about that. You know what that. I mean? One thing that I would do mm. is as an owner of the team, I would definitely lower ticket prices. Right. So that kid, especially if I'm in Chicago and all of these kids in the inner city mm-hmm. that are right there can't afford to come to my games. I'm going to drop ticket prices and, or at least have special programs so that mm. people can come and enjoy the game. I would probably try to get the love back into the sport, man, for or, and get some of the money-hungry greed out of it. Yeah. That's what I would try to do for my team, even though uh, – I think my, we've – And I would try not to have – what you call it? Uh, I wouldn't want to have a, a – a, what do you call it? Stockholders and all that shit. Mm. That's what I would try to do. I think you know. I think we spoke about this a few weeks ago. Uh, it seems a little ridiculous to me that the amount of sort of corporate underwriting involved in in these teams, the the and and the amount of advertising yeah. that's happening, it doesn't make sense to me that it should be that expensive to go see any kind Agreed. of sporting event. Agreed. Like you're literally sitting in. Uh, uh, like you're sitting inside of a of an advertisement when you go. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's everywhere, and they have TV deals. It's like how much money do you fucking need? You got TV deals. I guess the money does make the uh, salary cap go up, but I don't think the salary cap goes up based on ticket sales. I, I think that's the salary cap goes up based off of TV deals and stuff. Yeah. So why are you screwing the fan, man? Exactly. I think, and nowadays with big screen TVs and all of this other shit. It's more convenient to watch a game from home. So these real fans are coming there mm. to watch the game, and you're telling them, "Give me a hundred or two hundred and fifty, three hundred bucks yeah. for an okay seat." Yeah, it's insane, man. So if I owned a team, that's what I would do, man. I I drop ticket prices and have some inner city movement so that the kids can maybe come see the games for free and mm. have an experience. And I don't know. Yeah. I have something to look forward to. I man. like that. That's good. That's a good idea. Uh, not really much drama or movement on the Aaron Rodgers front. Um, no? Damn. But um, it does – the reports this week are that the the Packers are essentially calling Aaron Rodgers bluff, um, you know, that, that he's going to try and sit out or – or whatever, I, which I think, you know, it's funny. Like, we talk about these things, like, uh, as if, like, the PR part of it really matters that much. Like, in all honesty, like, I look at this. For them, for the Packers, it's a business decision. And Rodgers has, like, zero leverage. 
yeah. in this situation. Yeah, he either true. plays for the Packers or he holds out and is fined, you know, an ass load of money. Yeah, or he money. retires and the Packers save thirty million dollars. Mm. Either way, Rodgers doesn't have a card to play. You know what I mean? And the fans don't 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 look like they're really siding with Rodgers. Um, he should retire. Yeah, I mean, the worst thing that can happen is that Green Bay can have a shit year with Jordan Love, uh, which you know, from a PR perspective, they could blame on Rodgers yeah. too. Uh, which will which will lead to a high draft pick and another crack at a uh, you know getting their QB or is the, the guy, or is the guy, you know. And then and then Rodgers could go play for San Francisco or wherever he wants to go. I think Rodgers is probably overplaying his hand at this point. He is, but somebody'll take him. Oh yeah, sure. But if he doesn't but the problem is is that if he refuses to play for the Packers, he's still under contract. He can't just like go somewhere else. If he retires, he can go somewhere else. Oh, you can do the Brett Favre. Isn't that what Brett Favre did? Yeah. He retired. But he retired, tried to come back, which we'll talk about. Uh, oh yeah, he retired, tried yeah. to come back, and then uh, got uh, replaced. Mike right. McCarthy was like, "Fuck that, we're going with the young guy, Aaron Rodgers." <laughs> nice. And then Favre was like, "All right," and mm-hmm. went to play for the Vikings. It'd be interesting to see where it leads, but I this this is gonna this gonna take a while. He needs to. I don't think anything's going to happen until he just doesn't show up at training camp, and then it's going to or be retire, a, like retire yeah. now, so give you time to get in somebody else's training camp. Sure, yeah, I don't know. retire, we'll take that hit. He probably don't. I don't know if he got thirty mil laying around. Mm. Yeah, I don't know because he he would have to pay them, right? It's not like they save money; they get money from him, right? Isn't yeah, that how it goes? I think so. Yeah, of the bonuses and shit. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. Any more? Or should we dig into these NFC East? Actually, I got stuff? a couple more. All right. Uh, legendary kicker Vinatieri retires. I thought it would be a good idea to talk about him. He's. Uh, I know <laughs> that we hate him because he played for the Patriots, but right. still, he's kind of a. Um, Isn't he like the leading scorer for the Patriots? Yeah, I mean, leading, he. In um, history. What does it say? He has. Let's see. Where's right? He's got four Super Bowl championships. He uh, got one with the Colts too, right? Got one with the Colts. Yeah. Most consecutive field goals made, 44. 44? Mm-hmm. Most combined regular season and postseason games played, 397. Most career field goals made, 599. Most career, f- most career field goals attempted, 715. Most career points in the NFL, 2,673 points. Uh, and he took that all, most of those. I thought this would be kind of interesting considering that you know, he's not Swedish, but he's definitely uh, from the area, or Scandinavian at least. He took most of these records from Morten Anderson. Do you remember this guy? <laughs> yeah. Morten Anderson, a Danish-American football player. <laughs> uh, and I was reading about him a little bit. It was kind of funny. He he actually went to America on like a, like a for, as a foreign exchange student. It was only really? supposed to be there for like uh, like a couple of, like a year or so, and he, you know, one of his friends that he made when he was in America, like saw that he could you know play soccer really well and all this stuff. He was like, yeah, I should come out and try to kick a field goal. And apparently, he was so good at kicking field goals, the the coach said, yeah, you're you're on the team now. Wow, um, kind of a cool um, story. Yeah, born and raised in Copenhagen as a student. 
He was a gymnast and a long jumper. Um, visited the United States 1977, foreign exchange student, kicked in American football on a whim at Ben Davis High School in Indianapolis. He was so <laughs> impressive in his one season of high school football that he was given a scholarship to Michigan State University. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I thought not that was kind of... Not to just say that, he looks Danish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> looks like a Danish John Gruden. I remember Morton <laughs> Anderson because he played you know, during my childhood. Uh, but I did not know all this stuff about him being from from Copenhagen. Uh, that's pretty cool. That was kind of an interesting story. Yeah, man. Uh, apparently, the Julio Jones drama is not the only dr- drama going down in Atlanta. You got the Titans cornerback, uh, Janoris Jenkins. Apparently, his $250,000 Rolls Royce was stolen from the Atlanta airport parking lot. Dude goes on vacation comes home and his car is gone Damn. and there's a bit of uh like kind of drama here given that um apparently they have security footage security cameras obviously uh-huh. and they have managed to locate the tape of his car entering the parking facility uh-huh. but they have not managed to locate the tape of his car exiting well now they know who it? did it <laughs> <laughs> somebody with access to the security tapes seems pretty uh cut and dry here Let's get this over with. I just see, see this here, Delani Walker, to work out for the uh, uh, for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Interesting. On Wednesday. Interesting. Uh, or is he over the hill? Probably. Um, or is it Delaney Walker? <clears throat> I always said Delani. Uh, well, speaking of over the hill, the former Giants running back Brandon Jacobs uh, apparently wants back into the league as a defensive end. I don't know if you saw this story. Uh, oh, Tebow uh, started it all, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, he was talking about that. He says it's not a joke, but it is a test. He wasn't even that good. Like He wasn't even that fast. I shouldn't say good. He wasn't that fast. Remember yeah. Earth, Wind, and Fire? They called their running back tandem. Yeah. Uh, and he was Earth because he was so big. Right. How's he going to get around? Uh, uh, an elite tackle. Stop it, man. Tebow's. This is called the Tebow effect. I'm gonna start calling this that yeah. when players try to return. How old is Brandon Jacobs? I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna look his old ass up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering if this is some sort of a test or like kind of a weird form of a performance protest kind of thing, like testing, like. Well, they let Tebow come. Mm. Like, you know, I want, I'm, I'm curious if he's. He's got to get a coach to sign on. He's uh, he's, he's 38 yeah. years old, a little older than Tebow. Yeah. Who's 33. Who wants a 38 year old defensive end? We don't even want a good 38 year old, like a <laughs> an elite <laughs> defensive end, like a Jason Taylor. Uh, you know what I mean? Or uh, um, I don't know the Pierre. What's his name? Jason Pierre Paul. Mm. Um. Well, speaking of Tebow, uh, apparently there is a rumor that Urban Meyer didn't just bring Tebow in to play tight end. Um, apparently, to lead men. No, some people are claiming that that's a bit of a smokescreen, and his real intention is for Tebow to play sort of like Swiss Army knife quarterback, a la Taysom Hill type role. Okay. Uh, if that's true, uh, I think it actually kind of greatly increases his chances of making the team. Yeah, right, because yeah. it's like. But we already thought that, though, right? No, I, 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 I well, 
technically, I don't think he's going to be a good enough tight end to make the team. But he wasn't I think, a good enough quarterback. <laughs> I know that, but I think that the I, this oh, okay, I think will okay. give him. Yeah. I, it will give Urban Meyer. I yeah. think he thinks it will give him all More of the of excuses yeah. to to keep him on the team. Apparently, pr- there's already been prop bets of Tebow scoring touchdowns. Uh, the the going prop bet is uh, the two point five TDs for Tim Tebow this year. Two point five. Two point five. What do you think? You got the over or the under on that one? <laughs> I mean, Meyer's probably going to force it. He's not getting three touchdowns. I got the under. You got the under. I got the under. Mm-hmm. I think if it's if it's the over, that means he's tried a lot, and the team fucking hates him. <laughs> like hates right. Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want to bet that the locker room really falls apart, and Urban Meyer is a one and done coach. Mm-hmm. Then go for the over on that. Mm. Like if he does that, seriously, if he gives Tebow as hard as it is for all of these players, and he's basically making a mockery of it, if he's trying to get Tebow that much burn, mm. like is he going to score? Was he going to do run a route and score? Mm, I don't, does yeah. it count if he throws it? Like they count it as a, a passing touchdown? Does that count towards the two point five? Uh no, I think the prop bet was was as a tight receiver. End. Oh, yeah. then under easily. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna take every linebacker is gonna take a shot at this dude if he goes across the middle. He's probably not gonna run a sharp enough route to get open on the outside. Mm. You know what I mean? And he's not gonna outrun anybody if he does catch it in space. He's definitely not gonna outrun anyone. It's gonna have to be like a like a dump pass in the red right. zone. Now if the they counted for him throwing a touchdown. Yeah. Maybe, but he wasn't even that good throwing the ball when he was quarterback. No, this is a a supreme fuck that guy. I'm so slanted (laughs) on this. I can't even look at this objectively. But under, yeah. Well, the last story I wanted to talk about actually is is probably at the height of the fuck guy that guy list. Okay, Uh, this is a story that comes to us. by way of former senator uh or the son of former senator Arlen Specter who mm. who in 2000 in the early uh 2000s was was the senator who wanted to investigate the New England Patriots spygate mm, oh yeah yeah thing, about this, yeah um which was kind of a big deal at the time uh and he wanted a full on congressional investigation mm. um Maybe that sounds weird to some people, but uh, part of like when these sports teams, a lot of these sports teams, um, they they benefit from you know congressional legis- legislation on mm-hmm. like antitrust laws and things like that. Yeah. So when they do something really fucked up, then Congress know, gets involved. Congress yeah. likes to sort of figure out what the hell's going on here. So anyway, Senator Arlen Specter, who has now passed away, uh, but apparently there's a book that just recently came out um, that was written about his career, and the writer of the book and his son are both, uh, what would you say, corroborating this story that apparently uh, Arlen Specter was approached in 2008 uh and was offered a bribe to drop the investigation of Spygate. Who bribed them? Uh, a, a young gentleman who went on to have a, a fairly promising political career by the okay. name of Donald J. Trump. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> of course he denies it. Of course he bribed him. Um, but it's kind of, uh, you know, this is before Trump was president, obviously. Right, right, but right. But him and, uh, it shouldn't surprise anyone that him and uh, And he wanted to Robert, take down the NFL. Yeah, but it, I'm, I'm, it, it, no one should be surprised that Trump and Robert Kraft are friends. Uh, right. Right, so he essentially approached Arlen Specter on on behalf of Robert Kraft, mm-hmm. uh, saying, hey, you should let this slide. My buddy Robert is a good guy. Sure, he goes for the occasional rub and tug, rub and tug. in the <laughs> Korean massage place, but, you know, who doesn't? Uh, who doesn't? Uh, <laughs> uh, this is a, I mean, this story will probably go nowhere. Yeah, it uh, won't. <clears throat> but it was uh, in the news, and it was kind of a slow news week. And it made me think, you know, it's funny, I, I hadn't really thought that much about Spygate. I didn't pay that much attention to it when it was happening. Oh, I did. I'm sure you did. <laughs> uh, I don't think I was really following the league so closely in those days. Mm. Um, but I do remember reading about it, and I kind of, this week, I read about it some more. And it's a little crazy, like what little was done and all the... Tapes destroyed? Tra- tapes destroyed and all that kind of uh, stuff. It it's felt like, like the league was on the Patriots' side. It was like hard to say, like, why do you destroy the evidence and anything as the league? Like, maybe they don't want to give people tips or like... Well, I think I see that kind of stuff in two ways. Like, you're either on the Patriots' side or the thing that they did was so bad uh, that they just don't want anyone to know how bad it got. Because it's just going to reflect badly on the entire league. Oh, yeah, yeah, You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then people will be like, hey, man, take the Super Bowl away from them type of thing. Yeah. Because I've heard that there was some damaging shit about the Rams, like that Super Bowl. Right. Against the Rams. Yeah, like, there was some, I remember. Taped walkthroughs and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, and I remember rumors of, uh, I mean, when we, when the Falcons played them, the night before the Super Bowl, someone accidentally took uh, Shanahan's uh, backpack from a press conference, which had the playbook in it, um, and then it it was returned like an hour or so later. After all the pictures were taken, yeah, exactly. Which Atlanta? Oh, just the one that they got. The one where they, yeah, twenty eight three. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, how do you? How if you're cheating? How do you let them get that big of a lead and then come back? Like I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't once I'm you not see that, you know what else they got. You once you got the playbook. No, I know, but I'm the, the other what, the the Spygate rumors related to some of the earlier Super Bowls. Uh, yeah. Those make a lot of sense to me. I don't think anything weird happened when the Patriots played the Falcons. I think the Falcons just fucking blew it. Period. Uh, I'll never forget. It look, I, I was joking that Belichick was writing a book. Mm. Like as they're getting their ass whooped, he's just standing there, just writing away, and then they just defensively came out and shut everything down in the second half, and then Brady had a monster of a second half too, and yeah. that's how they <clears throat> crazy fuck them. Yeah, uh, but spy anyone interested in Spygate, you should go out there and poke around. It's they need a Spygate movie, man. They should have like a full on documentary netflix style documentary multi multiple episodes <laughs> spygate mm-hmm. um you ready to get into some nfc east yeah let's do it i'm we're gonna dig into the nfc east coaching staffs um you have to listen to this because it took a, a lot of time I'm just i'm talking to the <laughs> listeners you have to stick around for this because this was a lot of work yeah this i'm was, curious and it wasn't as fun as like Picking a European team 
<laughs> a European city for team coverage. That was a fun ass project, and it's speaking like, oh. of which, I'm still waiting for them to release information about tickets for London. Yeah, what the man. Fuck, bro, let's go. And I heard once they do, man, you got to be right on it. I know. All right, all right. So uh, we're gonna start. Uh, we're going alphabetically, so everybody knows there's no favoritism here. Alphabetically by mascot name. Okay. So we're going to start with the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Uh, Mike McCarthy is the coach there. It's his second season as a head coach mm-hmm. of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, background about Mike McCarthy. He began under Marty Schottenheimer. Remember that guy? Yeah. In uh, Kansas City as part of the offensive staff. He moved on to Green Bay as quarterback's coach with the luxury of coaching Brett Favre. Nice. Uh, the Packers fired the entire coaching staff after the 99 season. <laughs> and then McCarthy went to the Saints as offensive coordinator for five seasons. And he won Offensive Assistant of the Year in 2000. Mm-hmm. He moved on to the 49ers in the same role in 2005. Then in 2006, he was hired as the head coach of the Packers, where he oversaw the Favre retirement, renege, Rogers is our new guy drama. Wow. <laughs> Remember that? For our yeah. retired, tried to come back. Like, hey, man, you got my spot. Uh, he survived that situation somehow. Uh, Favre was totally at fault, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, trying to thinking he can just leave and come back. Uh, and uh, McCarthy built a good organization. He uh, Over his 13 years, the Packers went to the playoffs nine times and won one Super Bowl in 2010. Hmm. Uh, he's always been considered a really good coach with getting praise from uh, Bill Belichick and others. He took some time off after getting fired in 2016, and he says that he delved into the analytics side of things. Mm-hmm. He went back to school on that yeah. shit. I learned this new uh, coaching. Uh, <laughs> How's maybe, it working out? Maybe John Gruden. Is it working have. out in Dallas? <laughs> he returned in 2020 with the Cowboys. And we all know how that turned out. <laughs> but McCarthy hasn't been considered the reason for the lack of success, I can say, as his predecessor was. Mm. By predecessor, I mean <laughs> Jason Garrett, mm. <laughs> the clapper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a field goal, guys. Good field goal. Good field goal. <laughs> uh, as far as the offense, McCarthy's always been on the offensive side of the ball. His uh, teams have run a version of the West Coast offense with a large percentage of plays being passes. The idea is to spread out the defense to create a run, running and passing lanes. Having Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and now Dak Prescott are some good tools to have in that style of offense. The offensive coordinator is Kellen Moore, who's still around from the uh, Jason Garrett era. Defense, Mike McCarthy fired Mike Nolan this offseason. Mm-hmm. And Mike Nolan is a veteran in his own right and former head coach of right. the 49ers back in the day. Uh, after last year's abysmal performance by the defense, as we know, uh, the new coordinator is yeah. none other than your boy, <laughs> motherfucking Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn <laughs> is known for coordinating the Legion of Boom defense in uh, Seattle. And like Nolan, Quinn is another veteran of the league with plenty of years under his belt and some head coaching experience. Quinn plans to run a multiple defense with a mix of 4-3 and 3-4 schemes as the base. And he always leaned 4-3 at his previous destinations, as you know. But he says it's always been multiple and will remain so. Nolan had similar philosophy, also leaning 4-3. So, and I say that because uh, personnel, the way they built the teams, it's not that big of a transition from Mike Nolan defense to uh, Dan Quinn, so we can hold Dan Quinn's feet to the fire. Well, I, I will say on a personal note, I think the the Cowboys' uh, defense will fall flat on its face again, uh, <laughs> bringing in 
Dan Quinn, who who you know, I mean, his Falcons defense wasn't very good either, mm. and he's also brought in. He's brought in at least two, maybe three players from the Falcons' defense who Over have signed two. as free agents or uh, for Dallas. So I'm like, are you literally thinking that your defense is going to get better because you're bringing Atlanta's defense to Dallas? Like, it what might, the fuck the, are you the doing? Thinking, in his defense, the thinking could be, all right, get these guys familiar with it, and then they can help people get along sure, up but to it, speed. But they weren't... Yeah, I mean, they might sucks. be familiar yeah. with it, but they're not good at it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a problem. Uh, good point. Here's my thoughts. This could be the turnaround year for the boys. Mm. Adding Quinn should bode well, and having Dak back won't hurt. It'll be interesting to see how a year with an offseason and some normalcy will help McCarthy get the ship running as it should. Uh, as always with Dallas, much of the success depends on if Jerry Jones can get out of the damn way. We'll see if the league has passed up Mike McCarthy and his staff. Hmm. I'm seeing here that Coach Mike McCarthy is on the hot seat and is the runaway favorite to be the first head coach fired this year. You know who my favorite is? Who? Zach Taylor. Hmm. Okay. I don't think McCarthy's. Well, I mean, and then uh, Jerry Jones waits too long anyway. This is like, I'm telling you. I, I, you think it's so going to blow up? There's so many articles here. Like, I just Googled his name and went to the news. Odds maker Liz Cowboys Mike McCarthy is early favorite huh. to be NFL's first fired coach of 2021. I think he could turn around. What are they going to do? Fire him and let Dan Quinn take over? I, I was, I was going to say that. That's, I meant to put that as one of the things, though. Like, Jerry Jones might be like, you know what? Uh-huh. It might be easier for him to pull the trigger because they didn't have an alpha like that. When uh, Ger- Jason Garrett and Jones took forever to fire that dude. He was like three years late. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, Nick Sirianni. Yeah. Rookie head coach here. He started out on uh, Todd Haley's staff in Kansas City. He moved on to the Chargers offensive staff as quarterback coach and wide receiver coach. Then he went on to the Colts, 2018 as offensive coordinator. That short resume led him to get hired as the Eagles head coach after a bumblefuck of an ending <laughs> to last season that forced the Eagles' hand, and they had to part ways with Doug Peterson. So this, to me, is a panic shopping of a head coach, Nick Sirianni, who was, uh, I guess, had some potential. Uh, on offense, Sirianni is considered a flexible coach that tailors his play calling to the personnel. He prefers 12 personnel, which is two tight ends, hmm. uh, which makes, uh, makes sense. At least uh, he did an Indy. The Eagles are built for that and use it a lot under Doug Peterson, which kind of probably is why they thought it's okay to hurry up and get this guy in here. So it should be a smooth transition in that respect. His playbook should feature majority passes of the short variety. Uh, He likes to get his players in space to get yards after the catch. This would be an improvement for the Eagles who ranked 29th in yards after the catch in 2020. Uh, Look for passes to the running back out of the backfield as well. On defense, uh, Sirianni hired Jonathan Gannon as his coordinator, basically doing the opposite of Mike McCarthy and building his staff with young, unproven guys. Mm-hmm. Gannon does have more experience than Sirianni, despite being the same age. He worked with the Falcons, Rams, Titans, and Colts between 2007 and 2020. Remains to be seen what defense he will run. Mm. Eagles, I'm sure the Eagles fan base will will give him a chance. Yeah, they're, they're very understanding. They'll, they'll be cool. Patient, understanding <laughs> as a people. Uh, <laughs> the brotherly love. <laughs> the, the Eagles may run a multiple package with the three four as a base. They ran a four three last year and are built as a, as a four three defense. So we'll see. My thoughts. I think this is going to be a disaster. <laughs> 
I hope so. Sirianni we play may... them again. Week one, I think we play the Eagles. Yeah, it's probably, oof. I hope, yeah. Sirianni may be in over his head. Mm-hmm. That's an understatement. And there's no anchor to hold his staff down as far as I can see. Sirianni will have to learn on the fly and be creative in order to get things done. Jalen Hurts is his quarterback right now. And he will benefit with some stability and wisdom, and that does not exist right now. We'll see what Sirianni can do. Isn't this the rock, paper, scissors guy? <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. This is the guy who said he talked to the, the potential draft picks uh, and tried to judge their, their level of uh, competitiveness through rock, paper, scissors. Changing the game. Yeah. Analytics. Yeah. And you think McCarthy is, is a bigger chance to get fired than Sirianni? Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> See what I mean? Like, think of where they're at, man. They're going to be in the playoff hunt with these guys. I, the, with the, listen to the next ones. The Eagles oh, no, fans no, no, are no. going to hang this guy. They're, they're, uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, I think. Uh, yeah, and definitely in effigy. Mm-hmm. At the very least. <laughs> <laughs> the, and then we got the Washington football team. Ron Rivera is the coach there, second season. Mm-hmm. Background, Ron Rivera was a member of the heralded 1985 Chicago Bears Monsters of the Midway defensive juggernaut. He brought that tough, hard-nosed, old-school swagger with him to all of his stops throughout his coaching career. He first got notoriety when he turned the Bears defense around 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, that team went on to the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman as their quarterback. So that tells you uh, <laughs> exactly uh, what he was dealing with. He had a short stint in San Diego after leaving Chicago and then took over the Carolina Panthers in 2011. He took them to, to an ass-whooping of a game against the Broncos in the boring-ass Super Bowl 50. Uh, now he's in Washington to turn things around in a dumpster fire of an organization. Offense, Rivera brought Scott Turner with him as his uh, coordinator. Uh, Turner first came on with him in 2011 in Carolina and then returned in 2018. Turner is the son of Norv Turner. Remember him? Mm, yeah. Norv Turner, former Chargers head coach. Turner uses the – I always thought Norv Turner looked like – he looks kind of like Bill Gates to me. Uh, <laughs> Turner uses the Air Coriel slash West Coast offense. I learned a lot about these offenses uh, that his father, his father Norv Turner, used. The uh, Washington football team focused on adding speed and would try to be more vertical with their new players and the veteran journeyman Ryan Fitzpatrick at the helm. Mm-hmm. Defense, Ron Rivera came in and switched things up last year big time. He brought on veteran coach Jack Del Rio. Remember him? Yeah. Uh, as his defense coordinator, he used to coach the Jaguars. They immediately switched from a 3-4 to a 4-3, which I think sets the team back for a couple years. Uh, this would normally set a team back for a couple years, but they actually improved the defense. Mm-hmm. After switching their base, yeah, uh, which is overstated nowadays because uh, so many teams have so many offensive players that are uh, wide receiver sets. Mm-hmm. So you really don't have to lay in your base that much. You go to more nickel defense, which is take away one running back anyway. I mean, one linebacker anyway. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so there's that. But they still improved after switching their defense completely around. Uh, and now they have an actual offseason draft and free agency to get the personnel they need to execute their defense. My thoughts, I think Rivera is the best coach in the division and will make uh, this team the class of the division within three years. Hmm. Defense is Rivera's calling card, and he will lean on it with Del Rio as uh, as Turner develops his offense and they gather pieces going forward. So I think there might be a bright future for for Rivera down there. If, I, it's interesting. Um, yeah, they're, they're if he stays healthy, I mean, you know he's got the yeah. I, I think he's the most 
interesting coach in that particular division, uh, mm. given that he, what he was able to accomplish last year with what he had mm-hmm. uh, is pretty impressive. Exactly. And also like – And a quarterback controversy out of this. I'm not controversial, but just unstable what, it, Yeah, and the, the entire franchise was like a, mm-hmm. just a walking controversy for the entire year. And, uh-huh. and he was the one sort of shining light inside of it yeah. uh, that managed to keep the team focused enough to win the worst division in football. Yeah. So, uh, uh, next we got the New York Giants. Joe Judge, mm. second season. <laughs> it's crazy that all of these guys are brand new. Uh, Joe Judge is the latest coach from the Belichick tree. Mm-hmm. As we know, that tree hasn't had the most promising success over the years. Uh, he's worked well because for... they haven't developed their videotaping department <laughs> as well. I think that's my theory. maybe that's it. <laughs> he's worked for Nick Saban as well. Uh, so hopefully he has picked something up from the two top coaches in their respective leagues. Uh, Judge has never run an offense or defense. Mm-hmm. He got hired after running special teams. It's only the second time in NFL history wow. that somebody got hired as a special teams coordinator to be a head coach. Let me guess. Is he white? <laughs> <laughs> yes. He is. Yes. Wow. Just a guess. Uh, offensive coordinator. Jason Garrett <laughs> is Judge's coordinator. I don't know how this guy keeps a job, but he has one. Jason Garrett prefers a vertical offense. It will be interesting to see how they build a team to execute that offense. They're not ready for it right now, as far as I know. Uh, but they did have a good draft, though. So yeah. we'll see what they uh, what they can work with. Uh, Barkley coming out of the backfield could make that a pretty dangerous if they can get uh, the the speed on the outside as well. That can open things up for them a lot. Um, Judge brought in his fellow Patriot alum, Patrick Graham, who, get, who they stole from the Dolphins, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just said, I don't want to be your defensive coordinator anymore and took on the job as defensive coordinator in New York. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so that says a lot about Joe Judge, actually. Mm. Or maybe he just didn't want to work for the black guy. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, no. They're probably just better friends. Uh, Graham runs a multiple defense with mainly 4-3 base. He's aggressive and creative with his blitzes, and that should bode well for uh, the Giants. My thoughts, I'm not a fan of Jason Garrett, so I don't know how they can go far with him at the helm of the uh, offense. He brought over Mike, uh, Mark Colombo mm-hmm. from Dallas, and they had that drama last year that resulted in Colombo getting fired and awkward press conferences, distracting the whole team. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think Garrett had something to do with that, uh, with Colombo thinking it was cool to be insubordinate. And that means Garrett probably won't be falling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, he's probably like, ah, what does he know? You know, I, I, I could feel that brewing. Just like um, I knew, I felt that with Hugh Jackson. Mm. Did you see the hard knocks when Hugh Jackson was the coach Mm-mm. of the uh, the Browns? Mm-mm. No, uh, he was he was there, and Todd Haley was on the staff, mm-hmm. and Todd Haley had just been he's been a head coach before, and Hugh Jackson felt the need to tell everybody, "I'm the head coach here," <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, you're gonna lose your job, bro." <laughs> and I feel like it might be the same type of situation because it's, it's gonna take a really good leader to get these to get somebody who used to have your job to fall in line. And I don't know if Joe Judge could pull it off when Jason Garrett obviously uh, is kind of undermining him. We'll see. 
I think they got to cut him loose. Uh, I do like Graham, uh, and uh, but the Belichick tree thing is kind of scary for the Giants because it's not that much success from coaches. Uh, you see, what's his name ran right back over there, the offensive coordinator. Mm. What's his name? Um, I don't remember. Top McDaniel's. Mm, yeah, uh, he went back. So, yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I, I want to know your rank. Your rank of uh, well, NFC. I think <clears throat> I actually think the um, I think the Giants have a pretty decent chance of uh, of being a lot better this year than they were last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I still say that within the context of this d- division, still expecting it to be the worst division in football. Really, you uh, think it'll be the worst again? Yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, but they're getting a lot of. Uh, I mean, Saquon's coming back. Hopefully, he'll play the rest of the year. Um, and they got a lot of interesting new pieces. I do think this is probably more or less your your last year with with Daniel Jones if it doesn't work out, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah you know yeah, what I mean. Definitely. I feel like this is sort of a make or break year mm-hmm. for Daniel Jones. You believe? Uh. I mean, I believe he's talented enough. Okay. Uh, it's just you don't know. There's the, so many. There's so many moving pieces. Like if they don't yeah. have the right pieces in place on the offensive line to protect him, then you know there's that. But then there's also you don't know how Daniel Jones is going to respond to that pressure because I know he is probably aware uh, mm, that going yeah. into this season is kind of make or break. So we'll see. Uh, I mean, think about it. If he's like running away with it, like with the with his performance all year, uh, he's just running away with it all the uh, way down the field, <laughs> and like, a, <laughs> and it's he's he's technically at about the twenty yard line or so in success. Yeah. He's probably yeah. gonna stumble and fall on his face. Probably, <laughs> like he did. <laughs> that was the funniest highlight of the year. That <laughs> it was, a it was that highlight. that highlight and the one of uh, Philip Rivers laying on his back like yeah, a turtle as a receiver <laughs> jumps over him. Those were the uh, two funniest quarterback highlights of the year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think. What's your rank? If you got to rank best to worst, go. Eagles are worst. Worst coach. I'm talking about coaching stuff, like coaching situation. <laughs> Oh, the coaching situation. Well, yeah, still. I think the Eagles are in the worst shape. So Sirianni? Uh-huh. Okay, it's fourth. Okay, who's third? I think... Uh, let's see. Uh, I'd say Joe Judge comes in. Joe Judge third. third. Who's second? Uh, McCarthy. McCarthy second. Who's first? Ron Rivera. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you said? Exact same yeah. order. Yeah, okay. Rivera's good for best. I think they got the best staff, then uh, McCarthy, then Judge, then Sirianni. I mean, I say that because, I mean, as far as McCarthy is concerned, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of things that are wrong with the Cowboys that aren't necessarily his fault. I think right. that, you know, the Cowboys, the Cowboys are trying to do – the same thing that a lot of teams do Falcons are guilty of this too uh, which is let's build a team like forget about the defense let's just let's just try to outscore everyone mm-hmm. right if i can just score one more touchdown or one more field goal than you can then we win i don't mm-hmm. give a shit about defense um so we'll see i don't know but uh, i think uh, yeah. i think ron rivera i agree with you i think he's probably the smartest coach in the division yeah for sure I think with the uh, the reason I think McCarthy has this, they have to keep him around because you're gonna you're gonna start all over again. You know what I mean? 
And well, I, I think, think the, Cowboys, the media is trying to, they're trying to like. I think one of the reasons why the Cowboys hang on to people for too long is because Jerry Jones is not really good at it. Letting go of someone when you should sometimes implies that you need to admit that you made a mistake to begin with. Right. And that's not really something I think it, it, it comes down to dollars and cents. The difference in coaches' salaries and players' salaries is coaches' salaries are guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And Jerry Jones is probably like, I said you're getting 30 million. You're getting motherfucking 30 million and you're going to work for that shit. Yeah. If I fire you, I still owe you 10 million for the last two years or whatever. Then I'm paying you 10 million and then the next guy fires That's a good million. point. So I'm thinking that's how he's looking at it. Like, fuck that. I'm because if you fire dude. a coach before, if you, if you fire him, he's still got a year left on his contract. You still owe him. You still owe him the money. Uh, the yeah. last, yeah. And uh, Jason Garrett had a thirty million, thirty-three million dollar contract, I believe it was. Yeah, you and don't then, get to be the most uh, valuable franchise uh, in the world by paying people who aren't actually working for you. <laughs> exactly. And uh, right? I think because aren't there? They're like, isn't there? Estimated yes. worth around like six billion, five point five, something like that. Of all sports franchises yeah. in the world, uh, they also despite I think the fact they, that they never go to the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. And I think they also um, fucked up by trying to build the team the way that he tried to build that team um, when he when they were at their peak, uh, when he first became that hotshot owner. And the NFL has moved past that philosophy, but Jerry mm-hmm. Jones is still stuck in it. That you need. Uh, sick ass offensive line, which they had. They had the best offensive line in football. Sure. And then they spend all the money on Ezekiel Elliott, and it's like the the league is not that anymore. It's not Emmitt Smith and the five you know studs. They spent all that money. He came back and had a terrible year. Yeah. So, uh, they're living in the past, man. They got to move on. Um, and uh, that's why I didn't I didn't think McCarthy was the right hire when they did it either. But mm-hmm. he said, "I'm learning analytics," <laughs> but. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if he still got it. I just don't. Th- I definitely don't think he's on a hot seat. That's stupid. I think these uh these they do that shit all the time. Hmm. These uh the media trying to whip up these stories. He's not on a fucking hot seat. It's his second year. He had no off season last year, and you're telling me that he's on a hot seat. Hmm. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? I think it's dumb when you got coaches out there like Zach Taylor and fucking. I mean, I, I think you have a lot of people read into this idea that I you know. There is this weird disconnect in that the Cowboys are the most valuable franchise. They're still playing this we're America's team thing, mm-hmm. but yet they haven't won a Super Bowl in... Oh, so it's pressure like that. How many years? Since the 90s. Yeah. I mean, it's like 20, 25 mm-hmm. years since they yeah. won a Super Bowl. Yeah. And yet we, they kind of prance around like, like they're one of the top teams in the league, and they're just not. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I can't say I'm rooting for them. <laughs> Nor am I. No. But uh, I look we'll forward to beating them next year. Hopefully they don't do that. Just as long as they don't do that watermelon kick again, because the Falcons <laughs> apparently are just like it mesmerized. It's hypnosis, it. Yeah, man. it's like, whoa. Uh, <laughs> all right, so that was my, did you like my coach deep dive? Man? I did. I really, I, I, most of that stuff I didn't know. So. I had to go, I had to go digging, man. Uh, so that's like my NFC well East breakdown. Next week is the AFC East, which I might start doing right fucking now. <laughs> so I can tell you guys how much I love Brian Flores. But check it out next week. We'll do the AFC East and we'll give you some news and updates. But until then, take care of yourselves. Uh, it's been Jonathan Rollins. Give me Sarah. And we'll uh, holler at you guys next week. It's been a felt. Mm-hmm. Later, y'all. Peace.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 